slide coming in. Uh, I just called this meditation out of thin, out of thin air. And just reading from First uh, Kings and, and Elijah uh, is a prophet. And uh, if you're a prophet, usually you don't live very long because people don't want to hear the truth. So he's running for his life, and uh, and he finally gets tired, and you can just kind of feel just his, his fear and anxiety, and he seeks refuge in a cave. And this is where we'll read part of the story then. And he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And I'm sure he didn't want to leave that cave where it was secure and maybe no one would find him. And now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks and pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not, was not in the wind. And after the wind, the earthquake. But the Lord was not in an earthquake either. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in a fire. And then, after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. Wonderful words there. A sound of sheer silence. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle. And he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here? So he hears this divine presence in the silence. And as we take some time just to, to pray and think about this uh, passage and be silent as well, what do we learn in the silence? What are the gifts of silence? And let's take a few moments just to pray and to reflect on that. How right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the silence in a conversation is really valuable, yeah. We truly hear one another, yeah. Yeah, wonderful thoughts and ideas. Yeah, so I just encourage you to find uh, silence uh, each day if you can. And when you're raising children, it's much more of a challenge. And when you're working, it's, it's always harder to find that, that space for sure. <clears throat> well, um, so I entitled this just Out of Thin Air. And just to read this one verse I wanted to focus on from 1 Kings. And after the earthquake of fire, but the Lord was not in the fire... And after the fire, the sound of sheer silence. Sheer silence. And so it's interesting that Elijah, in the silence, he does hear something. He hears that divine presence there. Well, when uh, <clears throat> Angel, our, our dog that most of you know, but when Angel and I step off the hard parking lot pavement onto the gently flowing sidewalk, which wraps around a Boyle Park, uh, we walk into another world, and this is our, our daily routine. And the rising sun over the La Plata Mountains, it casts its early warmth over the receding shadows from the towering cottonwood trees. And we pass red robins feasting on their daily bread. And I've noticed, I don't know if it's my imagination or not, but when we're, we're silent, we can get closer to the birds and to the animals. And they kind of know instinctively that we are not a threat to them. And we just walk by these robins who are, are eating there. And they do not seem to mind our presence. And two crows take flight and they let out their cause and they fly to the pond just outside of the park. And as Angel and I move beneath the, the canopy of trees within the unfolding drama of light and shadow, the street noise dims along with the pedestrian chatter. And stillness and silence 
take center stage in this small, unobtrusive sanctuary of peace. And we walked together in communal silence. And Cynthia Bourgeault, she reflects, she says, she's a mystic. And she says, silence is not absence. And I love that. <clears throat> silence is not absence, but presence. It is something. It is not a nothing. And we can lean into it, and it leans back. And it meets us, and it holds us up. It's a beautiful description of silence. And I am still a stranger to silence and her wisdom, but I yearn for her every day. And is she a part of our daily bread? Is silence the very air that we breathe? And when I get home from a long day, out of habit, and maybe you do this too, but I just do it habitually, and I go, why do I do this? But out of habit, when I get home, <clears throat> I click on the remote, and I just mindlessly surf through the channels. And I don't know what I'm looking for, so I never find it. And I do it day after day. And our culture says noise is necessary, and we prefer noise because it, it dulls our innate loneliness, writes John Muir in a book called Living Peace. But can noise fill the vacant space in our hearts and in our souls? Does it endure and satisfy our longings? And I turn the volume up. When I can't find anything, I always turn the volume up on the remote, but I still cannot hear. And as I walk through the rows of trees at Boyle Park in the morning, I'll say to myself, nothing is here. Nothing's here. But then when I stop and I wait, they appear. They appear out of thin air. And from the tops of the cottonwood trees, they drop down like fairies, spreading magic dust over all of creation. And they fly in sheer silence. I've never heard them. They fly in sheer silence over the back of my shoulder. And I always love it when they do that. And I, I, and I can't hear them, but I just notice them when they come by. And they always, they nearly graze my ear, but they never quite touch it. And if I am very, very still... I can hear them whisper beneath the words. And they seem to live in a world of silent grace amidst all of our noise. And their tranquil winged presence calms the waters of my soul. And over the past month, I have fallen in love with swallowtail butterflies and the rapid movement of their wings. And it's so amazing to me how fast they move their wings, and yet how quiet they are. The rapid movement, though, of their wings is just a kaleidoscope, a translucent color. An American poet, Thomas Wentworth Higginson, he wrote of butterflies, Thou spark of life that wavest wings of gold, thou songless wanderer mid the songful birds. Yet it is the swallowtail's quietness that draws me to them and draws me in close. And one appears from the boughs of a tree and another one emerges from the river. And it's always just like magic, how they just appear out of nowhere, it seems like. And they join together in silent unity, circling one another in an ancient, unchoreographed dance. And then they separate and one butterfly 
will circle a tree, and the other one lets the wind carry him or her to new heights. And then they return to one another in, a, in graceful harmony. And someone said, I wrote this down this week, but I didn't write down the author. Someone said, there is a certain kind of intimacy that is only possible in silence. And Meister Eckhart says, silence is the language of God. And silence opens the door to peace and to our divine maker, says John Deere. And so how much time do we spend in silence each day? Do we seek it out and say, this is something that I need to do? And in the book of Kings, <clears throat> Elijah is fleeing for his life. He's in a hurry and you can hear all the noise in his, in his fight or flight movement here. And he walks and he runs faster and faster looking for God and he's also looking for peace. He's frazzled and his heart is pounding. So he seeks refuge in a cave when a voice tells him that God will pass by. And then a great wind blows against the mountain. Just hear all this noise. And the wind is blowing against the mountain, but God is not in the wind. And then an earthquake shakes the mountain, but God is not in the earthquake. And next, a fire consumes the mountain, but God is not in the fire. And finally, after the fire, there is the sound of sheer silence. And Elijah hears God. He hears God. And this is so true of us. When the world says, go faster and faster and make more and more noise, our Creator says, be still. And it's such a simple spiritual practice. And we can do it anywhere. Be still, be silent. And we hear God's wisdom in the New American Bible. Instead of saying sheer silence, they say a light, silent sound. A light, silent sound. And John Deere says, as we slow down interiorly and become quiet, we enter a healing peace. And by the grace of God, are we willing to step out from our caves of fear? And can we close our eyes and breathe peace in and out and be open to whatever new insights emerge? And swallowtails live short, short lives, around two months. And so they're about to disappear again. But they remind us of the gift of silence. And may we all enter into sheer silence and live into the grace and the peace of God.